بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very warm welcome to this week's edition of the program. Inshallah, we're finding ourselves drawing closer and closer to the month of Ramadan. At the time that this program will air, we will simply be about two weeks, I think, away from Ramadan. So, alhamdulillah for that. And while we are talking about Ramadan, our focus over this next few weeks is preparing ourselves on different levels for Ramadan. Now, today's topic is such an interesting topic. When I spoke to my producer, Sister Mumtaz, and we talked about what we'd like to share with our listeners to help get ready for Ramadan, one of the things we talked about was organization. Um, and this is something that, you know, we often talk about uh, cooking or prepping foods. And we'll come to all of that. But today we're going on a different level and we're talking about preparing the house. We're talking about organizing ourselves. And I am so fascinated. We have a guest to talk to us today purely on this topic. How awesome is that? Sister Aisha Latib is the owner of Organized Sisters and joins us today on the program as we talk about getting our homes ready for the month of Ramadan. Sister Aisha, assalamu alaikum and welcome to Radio Islam. Walaikum salam, Sister Rehana, and Jazakallah for having me. It's a wonderful, wonderful, it's such a pleasure. And I'm so looking forward to learning from you what I can do um, in my own personal space. And I think also for our listeners, what each of us can do uh, in our personal spaces to get it ready for the month of Ramadan. So perhaps we could start off by asking you to share with us uh, there, there may be some of us who are in, you know, the type of, if we put us all in different categories, maybe some of us are really excited about organizing and decluttering. Uh, and some of us may be sitting on the fence and others may be thinking, no, I don't do that type of thing. So I want us to go back to the basics. What would you say are some of the main benefits of, of doing a thorough house cleaning and organizing before Ramadan. Uh, for having me once again. Uh, what I'd like to mention is that it's so important to clear your head and reduce clutter to enable good energy to flow through, to breathe in fresh air created by space, to let the guest of Ramadan enter a space of wholesomeness, clarity and peace. That is the main and the most beneficial uh, benefits of doing a house cleaning just before Ramadan. Some people would do spring cleaning, some people would do uh, maybe just before winter but mm -hmm. I think for us uh, we can get most benefit inshallah before Ramadan. Inshallah. I love how you mentioned clarity in the same context of organizing and getting our homes ready and I think that topic will unfold in, in, in our chat today. Um, and I think anyone listening who was on the fence uh, about this would definitely be motivated. You've just put it so beautifully, mashallah. Uh, Sister Aisha, you know, some of us may feel overwhelmed. We're just thinking about spring cleaning and we think, oh gosh, where do I start? You know, some of us 
like women in different seasons of our lives. Some maybe have small babies or some are widows, some are divorced, some are starting over life, some are starting a new career or empty nest and or single. Everyone's in a different season in their lives. And for some of us, it may just feel very overwhelming thinking about it. In that case, where would you suggest we start? Personally, I would say the kitchen because we spend a lot of active time there and we keep and accumulate a lot of our material there. To tackle the overwhelming feeling, start small. One shelf, one drawer at a time. Chew your elephant in bite-sized pieces, not all at once, so that you don't get all... Uh, overwhelmed and all stressed out. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I'm looking at just looking at sometimes you just look at your kitchen or your cupboard and you're thinking, <laughs> Ya Allah, how am I going to sort it out? Don't don't stress. Just say Bismillah and one shelf at a time, one drawer at a time. Inshallah, you'll accomplish whatever you would, would like to, Inshallah. Right. So, so I, li- I like that one about the elephant. Yeah. So small chunks, small pieces at a time. Yeah. Um, so, Aisha, what are some of the cleaning areas of the house we tend to neglect that you are going to suggest for us we should actually be including in a cleaning schedule those hidden nooks and crannies in our pantries or basements (laughs) (laughs) and we shouldn't forget our garage a lot of people sometimes don't even put their car in their garage they just have a whole lot of boxes i've actually seen it myself and i was why do you have your garage? Why is your why is your car outside? A lot of people tend to use our, the garages as a storage space. So I think there is also places that we should uh, not forget to organize and clean once in a while. Mm, good idea. The garage, the pantry, those are all important places. Yeah. Um, if with it coming to Ramadan, you know, we all are trying to cut down whether it's on work, whether it's on social, you know, other activities. Um, everyone cuts down on different things in Ramadan. But one of the things I think we all would like to, to simplify is our cleaning schedules. Do you have any suggestions for us for simplifying our cleaning schedules or cleaning timetables in Ramadan itself? Um, an easy way to encourage yourself is to go easy on yourself. Don't stress out yourself. Take a deep breath, be calm, be relaxed, and get help. It's always important to get help. Even if you get someone for an hour or two or for a day, get help. Make your Ibarra first priority, especially in Ramadan. Tackle large and heavy tasks well in advance before Ramadan. Plan in advance. Set goals. Be disciplined and stick to it, inshallah. Inshallah. And Sister Aisha, Jazakallah for that. You mentioned like, you know, do the big heavy uh, stuff before Ramadan. We have lots of listeners that are also young brides or brides-to-be. Tell us a bit about like, what would you consider to be like heavy cleaning or heavy housework? What types of things would that include? Uh, a lot of people try and tackle curtains and maybe bedding, especially now that we're in the warmer months and you maybe didn't get down to cleaning or laundering your blankets or uh, those big duvets or those big uh, quilts. 
maybe get uh-huh. that out of the way so that it's not too much for you before winter and you keep it ready and look we had some rain and colder weather in between some as well so sometimes you might want to pull out a blanket so just keep those ones especially and your curtains curtains gather a lot of dust just by uh, being hung from the top of your rail your rail gathers a lot of dust so clean up there first and your cupboards like as we, or we mentioned earlier we forget about the nooks and crannies so start your cupboards and look right at the top and then go down uh-huh. to, to eye level or go right to the bottom so that you don't miss out what's happening on uh, top on the top shelves so for cupboards starting from the top shelf going down curtains you mentioned the rails where a lot of dust gathers mm. yeah. and, and and then a lot of people have pets as well you know uh cats rabbit rabbits things like that so uh with them with them then especially with the cats or even birds their feathers their fur all of that also accumulates doesn't it Gee, is yeah, and what it does, it's static, so it goes onto the the blankets where there's static involved mm-hmm. or wool, and it gets attracted and it gets stuck there. So it's important to wash and clean. And uh, what you can always do is also keep them wrapped in those sealed bags, or you can get those linen bags and keep it uh, keep it uh, sealed in there so it doesn't accumulate more dust. Ah, perfect. I often say that sometimes more of the day-to-day dusting is not for us, the humans in our house at least, it's for the two cats because of all (laughs) their hairs everywhere, you know, from the mozzellas to the couches, everywhere. So, yeah, I think when we clean, we have to factor in all the humans, animals, whoever's living in that house, I think, you know. And you can't help but cuddle them, unfortunately, but all the hair goes all over the place. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, you mentioned how important it is to clean the house before Ramadan. And I know, uh, meaning like organize and spring clean. And my mom, you know, is always, on, is always on top of that as well. And then when I moved to Malaysia, Sister Aisha, I learned something very different, that people actually culturally do it a bit different here. So what they do is in Ramadan, they start the spring cleaning here. And uh, they will do it right till the, few, the day or two before Eid. And because for them, when it's Ramadan Eid, then that whole month of Shawwal is something called open house. So what happens is people will open their house maybe one or two days of the month of Shawwal. And open house means they have like an open buffet. So all their friends, their neighbors, they invite them to their home on one day of Shawwal and um, it's, they open their home from like maybe 10 till 2 or 10 till 4 and people come and eat and they sit and they talk and the idea for them culturally is that you know the barakah after Ramadan and inviting people in their homes and so you'd see like in Ramadan people are doing like heavy you know duty cleaning and I, when I first was here over 10 years ago and I asked I said I asked the neighbor and I said, is that difficult in Ramadan to be, you know, taking down your curtains and washing your, you know, getting someone to the upholstery to get done and all of that. And she said, well, yeah, that's how we've always done it. What about you? You seem much more, more calmer, ready for Eid. Are you done with all that? And I said, yeah, we actually do that before Ramadan. Like in my mom's home, we start in Rajab. And she was like, oh, I don't know why I've never done that. And she tried it out the next year and she said it, it makes so much of sense. You know, so like you said, do as much of the big things as you can before Ramadan. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, personally for me, I like to be very calm, at ease. I don't want to strain myself in Ramadan. And that's why it's so important to just keep things 
simple and mm. you know in balance it's also very important to have balance get the family involved and if you can't manage or if everybody's busy maybe at work or with studies or with school get outside help get maybe a family member or get a, a helper or domestic pay them but make your life easy for yourself it's so important to look after yourself to do self-care and to give your time for allah absolutely i love the time of ramadan where i can just talk to allah all the time and make the best of ramadan inshallah may allah accept all with it that we do ameen ameen you mentioned two key words balance and self-care and you mentioned you know taking care of ourselves and i think often we think well uh okay you know cleaning it's just doing something manually but even in that organizing there's so much of our emotions that come up because there's something that may be sentimental that's on the emotional level and then on the physical level we're moving boxes or you know we 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 um uh, you know move yeah pushing moving things around lifting things that also takes a toll on the body physically and that's not easy to do in Ramadan and it's definitely not something that's a priority so in Ramadan getting that done makes our lives physically emotionally also also easier coming back to the clarity you mentioned at the start i love that <laughs> um, Gee, absolutely that's so important alhamdulillah yeah so many of us you know uh may meal prep for Ramadan um we do know many people will prepare savories or soup mixes um or even marinade uh of meat and things like that before Ramadan to make it easier what about shopping ahead for let's say the most of Ramadan or as much as you can for Eid any helpful tips what's your view on this should we be doing bulk shopping ahead does it help in Ramadan Gee, it does help in my in my opinion i find many stores have already rolled out these specials and discounts especially for ramadan so take advantage wherever you can if your budget allows for it make lists and plan regarding clothing and non food perishables i buy at sales even the year before or during the course of the year for your outfits your shoes accessories keep it simple and in line with islamic injunctions personally my i don't do savories people find it a bit strange um i actually prepare my meal every day i i am with my parents so alhamdulillah i help my mom and we take chances or we help each other in the morning or the day before and we prepare a fresh meal every day i don't do <laughs> Some people are not going to like me, but then I don't do no, savouries no, no. at all. That's, that's very refreshing to hear because I, I'm in the same boat as you. We don't do the savouries. Maybe on the weekend uh, we do like a pizza pie or something, but that too would be something fresh. But like you, it's fresh meals every day, yeah. uh, normal food, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. 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 And you know, maybe some people, uh, if they still want that savoury taste or that, uh, I'd say go for baked uh, goods. Like maybe a pie. Mm. Some people might like pies, which is baked at least, because I, you know, the deep frying just after having a empty stomach is very helpful. Mm. I know a lot of people they love their savouries and they actually don't even have a meal. They just putting they might have not even drank water and they put a samosa in their mouth. And I'm like looking and I'm thinking, how do they do it? Okay, maybe because my body is not used to it. That's why. But um, it's very detrimental. It's very harmful to the body and please the i hope the listeners don't get upset with me by saying this but let's it is always mentioned you know balance 
you know, balance. Mm. I'm not saying you can't have your samosas or your pies. Yeah. And have it, like, as you, like you mentioned, you have maybe over the weekend, that's fine. Or the pizza, which is a baked, uh, a baked savory, mm. which is also okay. Some people like, um, I've actually seen a nice trend going around, a savory waffle or savory oh. pancakes. So that's also like baked lightly on your um your pan with a little bit oil, minimal oil or minimal coconut oil or butter and put in lovely healthy fillings. You can put your chicken, you can still put your vegetables, spinach, pepper, uh, put some lovely cream cheese or feta and mushroom and you'll be surprised. You know, we always say we sneak the vegetables in for the kids. We should try mm-hmm. doing that sometimes for ourselves as well. Sneak <laughs> in and put some lovely spices or some cream or yogurt or cucumber and you'll be surprised you can have such a lovely appetizing treat just for breaking your fast inshallah absolutely you're a lady after my own heart that's the type of 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 iftars we like yeah absolutely what we're choosing to nourish the body with after a day of ibadah and fasting um yeah you you know we talk about organizing and thorough house cleaning but many people face different struggles when it comes to the home or homemaking. What would you say is most helpful for those of us struggling to keep things neat and organized? First of all, don't be hard on yourself and keep it simple. Take away that stress of trying to be a perfect uh, housekeeper or a house goddess. No need to follow every trend uh, trend or scheme. Stick to neutrals that that, go, that don't go out of fashion easily. Use one, keep one, and if you can, spare one. So um, I try to use those simple rules and uh, relieve the pressure from trying to be Miss Perfect or Mrs. Perfect. It's always important to keep it simple, keep it neat and tidy, but uh, go easy on yourself as well, inshallah. Yeah, go easy on yourself, absolutely. Now, our producer tells us that you are the owner of Organized Sisters. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, What we basically do is we try to help people that have very busy lives to try and just keep this space organized. What we do, we try to help you also to do it for yourself. So we can maybe help you to keep... Um, your shelves tidy. Sometimes you just look, you get, you look at, uh, like as I gave you an example, maybe the garage or your kitchen, you just might open your pantry and you just see things all over the place and you sometimes can't think. So what we do, we come in and we help you to declutter. Sometimes we don't realize, especially like in our kitchen, we have expired food or we have food that has just got maybe moldy or you know, or maybe it's near a moist place where it might have just went off or expired as well. So it's important to declutter and organize yourself. Keep things in clear containers so that you can see at a glance. And if it's not in a clear container, use labels. And maybe keep a list on the side of your pantry or your kitchen cupboard of what is inside that cupboard so that you don't have to look and scramble for things when you need it most. So we just help those, we help people that just feel overwhelmed, they don't have the time. And we can help you to just organize yourself as well for future. So you don't have to keep on calling us, but you can maintain it as well, inshallah. Fantastic. And how do people get in touch with your company? They can call me on my personal number 
or they can get in touch with me on Instagram. It's organized, uh, so O-R-G-A-N-I-S-E-D underscore sisters. And you can even get a hold of me on 072-713-0660. And inshallah, we can set up an appointment or consultation and I can advise you when I assess your place, inshallah. Fantastic. So the Instagram account is organized with a Z, is it? No, with a S. With an S. With an S. So it's organized with an S underscore. Yes, that's right. Fantastic. Uh, here we go. Organized Sisters is a partnership with family who have the skills to organize, tidy and neaten problem areas in your home and office. So does Organized Sisters work with um, people in other towns and cities? Do you offer online consoles or is it only in person? Uh, it's mostly in person because I think people need, I also need to assess uh, okay. physically what is going on in your space, maybe virtual sometimes, because we do virtual organizing uh, mm. as well. But uh, mm. maybe I might need to get like access to your files and folders so that you can uh, get organized there as well. So mostly we've done with uh, kitchens, lounges, or the house in general, even for moving. Uh, sometimes, you know, we pack our, our stuff from our house where you're currently staying and you're going to your new house and sometimes you randomly pack and you don't even know what you've packed or maybe you've done it in a hurry so it's important to label and list or and compartmentalize what you are moving to mm -hmm. your new house so we can help with that as well fantastic mashallah and which areas do you service uh, families um, or we are currently based in Centurion, but we do um, move to other areas in Gauteng. Only we just have to charge an extra fee to cover our fuel charges. All right. That sounds amazing. What a beautiful idea, initiative, and so helpful in today's fast-paced world. Absolutely. You've given us such wonderful tips and practical ways on how we can go ahead and prepare and organize our homes and simplify our cleaning schedules. And like I said, you know, go easy on ourselves um, throughout it all. Any, any Ramadan nasiha, any advice you'd like to, to leave our listeners with today? I would like to tell you, please, please make the best of Ramadan spiritually. First and foremost, Ramadan is a noble guest and gift from Allah. One month in a year that goes, that usually goes by so quickly. Don't waste time unnecessarily with frivolous activities. Go all out in Ramadan with your ibadah, with imbalance. Get help and band the family together and do responsibilities together. Let's not overburden our mothers and sisters with chores or food preparation and errands. Yes, you do get rewarded, but are you benefiting your soul? Take heed and remember Ramadan for the gift it brings to our homes and hearts. And Ramadan Mubarak to my family and friends in advance and all Muslims globally. Forgive my shortcomings and remember me and my family in your precious duas. Jazakallah so much for the opportunity once again. Ameen, Ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all your du'as. Ameen, Ya Rabbi. Ameen. Jazakallah khair, Aisha. It's lovely having had you on air today with us. I know I've taken away so many ideas and so many reminders and new things that I've learned from you. 
uh, on focusing on the home and getting it ready for Ramadan. May Allah put plenty of barakah in your Ramadan for you and your family and uh, for your company. We look forward to connecting with you again in the future on other aspects regarding organization. Jazakumullah khair for your time, Sasha. Ameen. Jazakallah so much for having me. Ameen. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Today we were speaking to Sister Aisha Latif, the owner of Organized Sisters. You can find them on Instagram. The handle is organized with an S, organized underscore sisters. And they are a partnership. Who, uh, they work with both your home and your office to help you organize tidy and neat in problem areas in your home or office. We were talking today all about getting the home ready for Ramadan, a thorough house cleaning, organizing, how to simplify your cleaning schedule for Ramadan, and also about shopping ahead for Ramadan and Eid. And then Sasha gave us some valuable advice on for those of us who are struggling, whether it's we feel overwhelmed about spring cleaning, or we just find it difficult to keep things neat and organized, how we can do that. Wonderful tips, and the program will be up on podcast in 24 hours from the time that it is. You can listen to it, share it with loved ones, and, yeah, pick up many, many tips from this interview. We go for an ad break, and when we return on the other side of this, we continue with our focus on Ramadan. Stay with us. Alhamdulillah, before the break, we were speaking to Sister Aisha Latib from organized sisters and they have this partnership where they organize neat and uh, tidy up things for people in their homes and offices and from her expertise sharing with us wonderful tips and what we can do to prepare our homes for Ramadan. Our focus turns back now to the Quranic element and today lessons from Surat Yusuf. No doubt it's one of the surahs we hear on radio often or we hear our scholars quoting and teaching us lessons from it. So we thought that as we draw closer to Ramadan, we would use this opportunity to inshallah remind ourselves of the beauty and the gems within the Quran. Do you make dua and then wonder if your duas will be answered? Is there something you are striving for but it remains out of reach? When you take steps towards being a better Muslim, do you feel like even those around you that love you and care for you are jealous about your good efforts? Do you feel like you're going through trials and tests in life again and again? Are others mocking you when you attempt to do something that pleases Allah? You are not alone. And rest assured there are others who have struggled to overcome these same challenges. There are many lessons in the Qur'an that can serve as an inspiration to persist in the face of adversity. So today, let's reflect on five lessons that we gain by reading Surah Yusuf. Number one, Prophet Yusuf had already suffered a series of tests and trials, yet he remained obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His brothers had abandoned him in the well, and then he was found and sold as a slave in the market. And despite being a loyal servant to the king, Yusuf salam was defamed and imprisoned. At the height of this crisis, when everything seemed bleak, the wife of the king threatened to imprison Yusuf salam unless he would give in to her attempts at seduction. Yusuf salam's response was recorded in the Qur'an. My Lord, prison is more to my liking than that to which they invite me. 
and if you do not avert me from my plan, I might incline toward them and thus be of the ignorant. Surah Yusuf, Surah 12, Ayah 33. Yusuf chose to live in the dark, dreary dungeon in a life of shackles over the disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So clearly, even if you encounter dismal surroundings and misery, Allah's pleasure is greater and longer lasting. You will triumph if you obey Allah. So the first lesson we learn here is that something miserable is something better than disobeying Allah. The second lesson that we learn is to not be jealous. Jealousy divides communities. It breaks up families. It splits up friendships. In Ayah 5 of Surah Yusuf, Prophet Ya'qub says, O my son, do not relate your vision to your brothers, or they will contrive against you a plan. Indeed, shaytan to man is a manifest enemy. They were brothers by blood, but Yusuf's brothers would not have been pleased by his vision of prophethood. Even those close to you, friends and family, might not be thrilled about blessings you have received or steps you take to live a life that is pleasing to Allah. It is best to keep your dreams quiet and only share them with trustworthy supporters until these aspirations are a flourishing reality. Yusuf's brothers believed that Ya'qub loved Yusuf more than them. Their jealousy boiled out of uncontrol. And these brothers then ganged up and they plotted to get rid of Yusuf by abandoning him in the well. One lie was woven into a web of lies. And the brothers informed their father that Yusuf had been devoured by a wolf. Jealousy even touched the Anbiya's families. So we need to be sure to stamp out jealousy in our communities. As Muslims, we should be sincerely happy when we see others being blessed by Allah, when we see people excelling in the deen or gaining success. We should say, MashaAllah or Tabarakallah or Allahumma Barak. The third lesson that Surah Yusuf teaches you and I is to never give up hope in Allah. Prophet Ya'qub never gave up the hope of finding his son. When Yusuf brothers came back to tell him that their brother was stolen and remained behind, Ya'qub was still sad about his loss of Yusuf He went blind over suppression of his grief. And he complained only to Allah. Despite the intense grief he felt and the previous reports of Yusuf being consumed by a wolf, Ya'qub did not give up hope. He instructed his sons to continue to search for their brother, saying, O my sons, go and find out about Yusuf and his brother and despair not of relief from Allah. Indeed, no one despairs of relief from Allah except the disbelieving people. Surah Yusuf, Ayah 87. Imagine, Ya'qub had not seen his son since childhood. So many years had passed that Yusuf was now a king of Egypt. 
despite the passing of all these years, Yaqub still firmly held on to the hope that Allah would answer his prayers and reunite him with his son. Many of us have trouble being patient for a few hours or a couple of days, let alone years or decades. Alhamdulillah, Yaqub never gave up and Allah answered his dua and Allah relieved him of the sorrow that he felt. The next lesson that we learn is about patience. And this is that patience is beautiful. So be patient all the time. We should always be patient. If we have patience in hardship, continuously counting our blessings, we will truly be victorious in both hardship and ease. Can you count how many times Yusuf was patient? He was patient while awaiting the fulfillment of his dream. He was patient when his brothers abandoned him in the well. He was patient when he was sold as a slave. He was patient when the king's wife accused him of seduction. Yusuf continued to be patient when he was put in jail. Even when his fellow inmate was released and forgot about him, Yusuf continued to be patient. As the king of Egypt, Yusuf alayhi salam, or rather the minister Yusuf alayhi salam, continued to be patient with his brother's slander. He kept his cool when they tried to say that his brother Binyamin was stealing, just as his brother Yusuf had done the same before him. Regardless of the time, situation, place, or scenario, Yusuf alayhi salam remained patient. And leading on patience, the fifth lesson amongst the many lessons that Surah Yusuf teaches us is to forgive. When Yusuf finally confronts his brothers later in life, it is a beautiful lesson of forgiveness. After his brothers return with their father and Binyamin is accused of theft, they return to Yusuf in a great predicament. His brothers are enduring hard times in which they have poor harvest and I need. On the other hand, Yusuf has not only become the minister in Egypt, but he has astutely saved provisions and prepared his community to survive the famine. Although Yusuf has suffered many hardships on account of his brother's jealous plotting, Yusuf is strong and he holds the upper hand. Instead of treating them with harshness or rebuking them to endure starvation, Yusuf utters very lovely words. And they are mentioned in Surah Yusuf, Ayah 92. No blame will there be upon you today. Allah will forgive you, and he is the most merciful of the merciful. Instead of being bitter and angry or taking revenge, Yusuf was strong enough to choose forgiveness. With all his power as a leader, Yusuf preferred the sweetness of forgiveness. And although this brief reflection touches upon only a few lessons of Surah Yusuf, I invite you to take a few minutes to reflect a bit more. Stop and read over this chapter of the Qur'an. Take a few moments to close your eyes 
and imagine implementing these lessons? How can you bravely continue to be obedient to Allah in your life? Is there a way you can support someone and help stamp out jealousy amongst friends and family? What steps would help you augment your hope that Allah will answer your prayers? In hard times, what reminders will prompt you to persevere in patience? Can you find it in your heart to forgive someone who has wronged you? And what other lessons can you learn from Surat Yusuf? So subhanAllah, these are just five lessons that we can all learn from Surat Yusuf. But there are so many more that we can all learn from in the surah. And that really is what this is about. It's about reminding us that the Qur'an contains such gems and jewels. And that we are to return to this treasure chest of wisdom, guidance, mercy, help, all throughout our lives. And now as we get closer to the month of Ramadan, let's make that effort more so to connect more to the Qur'an. Let's not wait until the eve of Ramadan to read more Qur'an. Let's start today. Let's start today and now. What is my plan for Qur'an this Ramadan? How is my tajweed? How is the quality of the surahs I have memorized of the Qur'an? What about tafsir and my understanding of the Qur'an? Is there a class I used to attend and I can resume? Or is there a class I can begin to attend? All of these are important things to ask ourselves. But most importantly, do I understand and do I implement from the Qur'an? What from the Qur'an am I currently implementing in my life? What action steps do I need to take to start living the Qur'an more in my life? All pertinent questions that you and I need to be asking ourselves and starting to take that action, not on the eve of Ramadan, but today, now, and here. One of the things we hear of so often from people who come to Islam, who revert to Islam, is they say how beautiful they find the Qur'an, that they just can't stop reading it. That once they started reading the Qur'an, they could not put it down. Where is that level of dedication for those of us that have been brought up, grown up with Islam? Why are we not attached to the Qur'an? Why are we not craving its companionship or to hear the sweetness of its words? These are questions we must sit with by ourselves and think it through and talk to Allah and seek his guidance and then take those action steps to change, to evolve our relationship with the Qur'an. Insha'Allah. Ameen. That brings us to the close of another edition of the program. Do join us again next week as we continue with our journey, preparing our hearts for the month of Ramadan. Until we meet again, Jazakumullah Khair for joining us and Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.